How many of these with your siblings have you listened to so far? I've listened to Mike's. That just came out. That one's barely came out. Yeah, I've listened like, to Deanne's. So you had Deanne's. An hour ago. Jeff. Deanne's and Jeff. Yeah, I've listened to both of those. Nice. So you kind of get the gist. Oh, yeah. Of what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. Fun stuff. And it's the this is the interesting one. Mm. Most, you know, because you're my dad and all. <laughs> but all of my perspectives and point of view of like your family and mom family have all come from your point of view right and so um are we live yeah it's oh, okay. okay yeah I just start it and then I kind of find a place to start it Whatever. so you know it's been interesting to see so far like what everyone's kind of thought um so we'll kind of just start out with kind of how we've done all the other stuff is where do you line up amongst your siblings? I am the fifth out of eight children. The fourth out of seven pregnancies, which makes me the middle child. Nice. So, while numerically I'm not right in the, middle. the middle child, but I am the middle child. In right. Both, in my view, in both reality and in function. I sort of function as the middle child. So. Gotcha. Middle childs are generally, you know, the middle middle child are generally kind of the odd duck. Nice. I'm the Malcolm in the middle. Sort of, nice. Sort of thing. So fair enough. Um, Deanne mentioned um, between everybody, there's like a two year gap. Mm-hmm. I feel like between Deanne Rich is around two years, and Rick Twins it's around two years. But between you and the twins. There's a it's like three or four or something like that. Sixty eight to seventy one. And so three three plus years. Between you and Pat. Three plus years. Three plus. And then there's two, two. Yep. My mom had a miscarriage before me and a miscarriage after me. Oh, okay. And wasn't the one of those were a set of twins again, wasn't they? Weren't they? That I'm not oh. uh, that I don't know. Oh, I know okay. that but I do know that that's the reason for the big gap. Which is miscarriage before, miscarriage after. Yeah. Gotcha. It's like the kid, Deanne went to high school, junior high with Richard, so her senior, her last year in junior high and in high school was with Richard. Same thing, Richard with the twins, but then when the twins graduated, I went into high school, and when I graduated, Pat came into high school, so, so I was I was on an island by myself going to school, too, so it was just... Middle school as well? Middle school as well. Gotcha. Well, junior high, and, but yeah. In, in, in Utah, they were junior high. Junior high, that's right. Um... So, you know, after all of the us, you know, us growing up with you as our dad and everything like that, one of the things that you kind of mentioned um, quite a bit is you just kind of felt that you were like the black sheep mm-hmm. of your family. Mom also mentioned the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, what are some of the things, what are some of those the ways that you felt like you were? I had different likes. Everybody ahead of me were football boys, were all football players. Uh-huh. I was a baseball player. I took, I never, the, the twins sort of baited me. You could play football, you could start playing football at eight years old. Uh-huh. And I sort of, I caught a lot of flack for playing baseball because it wasn't a tough guy sport. Oh, okay. Okay, fine, fair, whatever. <laughs> but they sort of baited me, kept riding me when I was eight years old that I wasn't a tough guy. Probably real man was probably the term used <laughs> because I didn't play football. So I went to my dad when I was eight years old and said, Dad, I want to play football. And my dad said, No, you don't. 
Yep, I do. I never told him why. I just said I wanted to play. He said, no, you don't. Yes, I do. He goes, okay. If you play football, I have one rule. You can't quit. He knew in the back of his mind that I was not a football player. I didn't have the mentality for football. I wasn't tough enough to play football. But he signed me up anyway. And I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> they have a, they had a weight limit. So if you were above a weight limit, you had to play on the line. Like right. this big uh, taped X on your helmet. Mm-hmm. I was two pounds over the weight limit. So here I am. I, I think the weight limit was like 73 and I was 75. And I'm on the line with a bunch of fatties. <laughs> I was getting my head added to me. And um, I hurt my ankle partway through the season. And then I got hit, cheap shot at just the very end of the season. Ended up in the hospital with, I sprained my neck. And that, that, but when I came in, my, that's when my dad came in and goes, yeah, you can go ahead and quit. <laughs> Figured the emergency room. Bill was probably enough. He probably figured I'd learned my lesson. And I had no desire to play football until I thought about it in high school. In high school, I probably, in high school, I could have done it, but I didn't have the mentality for it when I was a kid. Um, so I played baseball. That may be different. Played, I was the first really to play a lot of basketball. I mean, the, the twins probably played, they probably played church ball. Yeah, that's what they said. My uncle Robert played basketball, so there was kind of an influence there, but I was the first one to play it for an organized team, like at a school. High school. I played junior high. I played, you know, I played more, I played different sports than everybody. I played, Richard played a little bit of soccer, but I think he was the only one that did it. So nobody, I, I, I don't know that, I mean, I knew he played, but I didn't really pay any attention to it. So, but I never watched Richard play ever once. Mm-hmm. I played volleyball in junior high. I play, you know, I, I did a lot of different sports. I did a lot of different things like that. Um, uh, but, you know, but that was the biggest thing when I was a kid was that was my sports were different. Um, that was the biggest thing, I think. was But, you know, the the, the, the black sheepness, I didn't even know the term until I was, and it didn't even, and I didn't even, it wouldn't have dawned on me when I was a kid, but it was when I got to be an adult where I, where I really felt that, um, I don't say different, but where I, where it really started to, dawn on me that how my relationships with all of my siblings was so different than everybody else's. At least again, as I see, as I saw that Deanna and Richard and throw Robert in there, throw Carlene in there, you know, they, I, they were always together. And the twins, obviously in my mind, were always together, even though the twins came and went a lot by them together, whether the, whether or not they were out and about by themselves. I think I wasn't there. I wasn't, I never felt like I was the traditional big brother to Pat. I never felt like I was, you know, that protective big brother. A lot of times I was like, you know, go ahead and hammer him, I don't care. Right. And, you know, Jenny and Jake were just so much younger. So, um, it was, as an adult, I really started to realize, I I started to feel pretty different. But I, I was the first to play a lot of, you know, play a lot of any, play, play sports other than football. Right. And, and that was, you know. Were you, were you aware that? Like Deanne didn't have, you know, wasn't as close to Richard as, as no. Like for me, I thought Deanne and Richard were because they were so close in age. They were school together. I thought like those were the close ones. The twins were the close ones, and like, but the twin, like, yeah. even Jeff and Mike both told me that like, mm, we didn't like we went to school together, but yeah. we didn't we didn't have the same friend group. We didn't hang out at school. Well, together. see, for me, we played for, church ball together, but that was really about it. For like, me, I think it was 
when they when I saw them leave, I saw them leave together. So when, I know they play. I knew I knew they played on separate football teams, right? But when they left for practice, they left together and they mm-hmm. came home together. Right. Deanna and Richard go to school. They go to school together. They come home together. So in my mind, in my mind as a kid, they leave together. They come home together. They're together all the time. Right. Um, now the twins, again, in my mind, they you know, it's like Jeff made a comment where they they kind of switched friends. I mean, at times Jeff would hang out with Kyle. Other times Mike would hang out with Kyle. Mm-hmm. And you know, they had that you know friend. So it, you know, so again, in my mind, anyway, as a kid, they were always. It was always together. together. Now, you know, Mike had girlfriends. Mike was more into girls, I think, at least that I saw that Jeff was. Mike had a Mike had a girlfriend that he was really that he was really um, serious about. Jeff had a date. Jeff dated, but it wasn't not, not like Mike. So they, you know, they had, they were different, obviously. But right. But in my mind, they were always it was always the same. You know, again, I, it's fine. I mean, but uh, but to know that they weren't. Because, you know, again, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have pictures all the time. We, like, nerd. When they had their nerd day and stuff at school, the pictures that I saw always were the twins. Yeah. When they would get dressed to go to a state dance or go out to go out, they were always in the bathroom spraying on that stupid Dracar Noir or whatever. <laughs> they had that. They did the same. The fro. The fro they did the same little sun in their hair. Right. It was all. So they did. In my mind, they were all, I, I, you know. And, again, Deanne, Deanne and Richard and then Robert lived. Robert lived close, so there was always kind of the the, the trio there that that. Um, but I, you know, and I had my own relationships with Deanne and Richard, apart from them being. So I, I but I, I didn't. You know, again, as a kid, I didn't put any thought into it. Or anything, you know, wasn't. They were so much older than me. I, right. Deanne and Richard were so much older than me. I didn't really put any. And Pat, Jenny, Jake were so much younger that there was was there. Was there really much a relationship with them? I babysat up? a lot. You know, my mom was real involved with mutual and other things, right? So I babysat a lot. Um, Patrick, Pat, and I always shared a room. I mean, almost in, when we first moved in. We, when I, my first memory of the house on Eskison was there was four of us in a room. It was me, Pat, and the twins. Mm-hmm. I think there was four beds. I remember how they were all kind of built into the wall. Moved into the house on. The big house, Pat and I, for a long time until you know until people had moved out. Pat and I always shared a room. I was we always sort of thought it was crappy that Deanna. We, we understood Deanna getting her own room, but we didn't think it was cool that Jennifer got her own room. She was still a baby, you know. Right. She was the reason we outgrew the house, the house on Eskison when she when she was born. That was that she was really you know sort of the I don't say the reason we. My dad built the house, but she had, when she was born, we'd outgrown the house. And so we moved into the, so I always felt it was kind of crappy that, you know, in my six or seven year old brain that the baby gets, <laughs> gets her own room. Right. You know, I don't care if she's the only girl. It's like, you know, who gives a rip? I change her diapers. There's no privacy here. <laughs> so, but Jennifer always had her own room. So Pat and I shared her room. Richard had his own room. Deanne had the twins shared her room. When did Jake start sharing rooms? Oh, you know, I don't even, at that point, at that, you know, at that point, at that point, Jake was born, you know, at that point, Jake probably shared a room with Jenny, you know, but at that point, where was he going to go? I mean, right. you know, he, 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 you know, the twins, they were, he might have, you know, maybe Deanne, but he didn't share a room with Deanna Richard. Right. But, uh, it's probably with Jenny, but. 
you know, up at that point, we're, you know, we, we were out of bedrooms. Yeah, yeah. My dad had sort of finished, the basement was unfinished. He'd sort of finished, um, kind of partially finished two rooms downstairs that different people had stayed in at different times. Right. But the kid, the baby would have never stayed down there. No. So, right. he probably should have removed it. I just don't have any recollection of that. Mm-hmm. So, with, you know, I remember, um, you know, I remember three, the summer right before I left my mission. Mm-hmm. I think it was before I left my mission or it was right when I got back. I don't remember which one it was. Um, I mean, it wasn't that much for their part. We had that big family reunion mm-hmm. um, that, you know, we all kind of, you, me, Pat, Dan was in the room. We all kind of got into it a little bit. Oh, right after my dad had a surgery. Yeah. And kind of things started butting heads. And that's really the first time that I think that you really like. It's the first time. I, I think that's the first time I ever verbalized that. Like, yeah, you verbalized how separated yeah. you felt, not just as a kid growing up, but even as an adult, but yeah. you, you know, you were, you yeah, that was probably the first time. That was probably the first time I'd ever, cause, cause I, I remember making the comment. I said, look at that family picture on the, on, the on, on the fireplace. And Pat looked over at it. Pat and I think Jenny was there too. I looked at the fireplace. I said, take me out of the picture. Take me out of the picture. How's your life? How's your life negatively affected? And he didn't have an answer. I mean, he might not, have, he might not have, might not have agreed with me. Right. But I don't remember him calling back saying, coming back saying, well, no, no, you know, I just, and again, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it is what it is. I mean, I, right. I had sort of, it bothered me when we were first married, it bothered your mom really bad. That you weren't close. Well, that, that she felt like, and I didn't disagree, I don't disagree, I felt like that um, people would go out of their way. To do things or with other siblings, whether it be Jake or whether it be Dan, whomever it might be, Richard, whatever. But when I was coming up on vacation, it wasn't, hey, that I didn't get the phone call saying, hey, bring your clubs, let's go play golf. I brought my clubs and I would call up and say, hey, let's go play golf. Mm-hmm. And so I always felt like I was, the relationship was, was, I, you know, that I was doing something to do, you know, to, 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 that there wasn't, people weren't going out of the way for me. I was going out of my way for them. Mm. And I just come to, you know, and it bothered me at first, but, you know, and, and talking to, you know, after a while, I was just like, here's what it is. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's on a sub level, it's sort of how it's always been. So I didn't feel like anything really had changed much. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, because again, Mike and Jeff lived out in, tw- in the tool area. So on and so on, you know, and then, you know, so on and so on and so on. And, you know, and everybody had formed their relationships and blah, blah, blah. So I, I, it wasn't, it didn't really necessarily offend me at, at that point. Right. But, um, but then when Pat, I felt like, un, I felt, I felt attacked. The, the, the way, the way that I, that I was come, the way that I felt like I was being come at was, um, was not, you know, I felt like I had been, I felt like, I, I felt it was unnecessary. It was on, it was on, what's the word I'm looking for? It was not, it wasn't legit. Because his complaint, I mean, because you brought the comment, when you said, did, did you know, because I asked the I asked him, did he talk to dad? Well, no, not really. Well, then maybe go talk to the old man. Yeah. Because he, you know, he looked at grandpa's garden and it was in a shambles. He hadn't had, he physically couldn't do anything. Right. And and it was and you're the one that got up and said Grandpa told us to stay out. Yeah. 
after after ripping up. I mean, all we, you know, plants. two years ago, Grandpa just said, "You guys stay out of my garden." So yeah. we did. Yeah. If he wants the help, he can ask for help. Well, we're not, you know. And then you know, but then that was and that was really the time because I felt like I felt like it was the first time that I'd been sort of I'd been you know attacked is probably too strong of a word, but that's sort of what I felt like. And then yeah. and then later on. Um, that same year, Richard had come up to visit, and Richard had, Richard had asked the question. We just sat, just he and I were just in the living room, and he asked the question, and it really pissed me off because nobody was talking to me. I felt like everybody was talking to each other, but nobody was talking to me. So I felt like I, you know, so I had a, com- you know, so I had a conversation with the twins about what was going on. I had a conversation with. Uh, you know, I, I talked to Richard, I talked to Pat, Jennifer was there. Um, it was interesting. I had, we'd had a conversation with Jennifer just recently about that. Where recently is it? Is in when she was up here, when last time oh, she was up here, when we were on the way home from your house, we, I'd made the comment, I'd made that same, so she, she'd asked the question and I had made the same comment. I said, yeah, I always felt like I was kind of the disposable child. And she's like, I never felt that. I said, well, I, I, I. I'm not saying anybody, any of you felt that way. I'm just saying that's what I felt like. Right. And uh, so that, you know, I've always, I've always felt like that, but it wasn't until I was an adult. I think that time that Patrick sort of came, came at me was really the first time I kind of distilled it down to that, uh, that, that thought process. Did you ever realize it? Is that when everything kind of clicked and then like, Everything kind of formed, and that's why you felt, or have you? Did you feel that way for a long time? I probably, and then it kind of, it kind of just came out in that situation. I probably felt that way, but never really verbalized it. I mean, because okay. because it had never been. I always felt like it was. I always felt like it was my perception, right. and man, you know what? Maybe it still is. Uh-huh. I but I'd always felt like it was my perception. It was how I was viewing my role in this group of people, right. my siblings. That's how I interpreted that, uh-huh. and it was just. And that's why I said I just came to grips with it. It is what it is. It's, that's, it, it's always been that way. I've always felt that way. Um, when I was a kid, you know, the twins would pick on me and do, you know, again, what big brothers do. Right. Um, and if it got out of hand, Richard would always come and bail me out. Um, didn't yeah, to an extent, too. You know, I mean, I remember one time Jeff, it was right before Jeff went on his mission, and he was just, <laughs> and I was probably being a dick, but he was being a particular pain in, pain in my side one day. And he was sitting on the couch in the living room, and I had this thing planned. I knew where Dan's apartment was. It was about a two-mile run. Well, <laughs> two-mile trip. It was a run for me at that point. Because I went up beside Jeff, and I hit him in the ear with an open hand so hard, as hard as I could. I was probably... So, so if he was if he was going, getting ready to go on his mission, I, I was probably I was probably 14, 15. So I must have hit him pretty hard. And I ran. And adrenaline got me away from, so I ran. I ran straight to Deanne's apartment. Told her what happened. I wonder if Deanne even remembers this. And she took me home. She drove me home, and she went right to Jeff. Right to Jeff, and she said, "You touch him, I'm going to hurt you." And if there was, if there was one person that we all feared worse than Richard physically, it was Deanne. It was Deanne. Deanne is tough as Deanne is as tough as they come. She always was. You know, I I wouldn't. You know, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get into a physical confrontation with Dan, just not, not on a bet. Right. So, and so there was never a repercussion from that. 
Never. Jeff never. I, you know, I, Jeff never, he never laid a hand on me after that. He, and, and he absolutely, I absolutely deserved that was of all the times that I got whacked on and beat on and picked on that time. I deserved to get <laughs> just it. hammered. And he never laid a hand on me because I think he was afraid Deanna was just going to kill him. So, which worked for me. So, you know, Deanna always, I, so I had that sort of, you know, that relationship with them on some level, but, but we didn't hang out. I didn't hang out with, I didn't hang out with, really hang out with any of my siblings. Deanna took me to the movie once. She took me to the movies once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, she took me to the first movie that I'd ever been on. Like, it was my choice. It was my, I, I, I'd gotten, I'd done something, and I got to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. And I probably told you this story. Is that where you sat in the front row? And I want to sit in the front row. There's this old villa theater. the this, worst place. This old villa theater had this huge wraparound screen, and she's like, you don't want to sit there, because she'd seen the movie. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, I do, yeah, I do. No, no, you don't. No, yeah, I do. And then the snake thing came up, and I couldn't get out. I couldn't <laughs> squeeze in between the seats, and, and I didn't want to cry like a baby. I mean, I wanted to cry like a baby, but I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> You know, I, I and you know Richard would Richard did you know he he picked me up from practice or from swimming pool or stuff like that you know but but I, I didn't really hang out with anybody right uh, one year I guess if there was anything that I did with my siblings my dad one year coached my baseball team I think it was thirteen um, and which is kind of comical because my dad just hates baseball yeah but um, and and at that point I. I knew more about baseball than he did, but whatever. And then the twins helped coach that year. So I was around them that spring and early summer. I was around them. That was probably the most I'd ever really been around. Because, you know, you practice you practice two, three times a week. You have a couple games two, three times a week. Right. You know, and when my, when my dad wasn't, if you had an early game and my dad couldn't go, wasn't there for, you know, he didn't get off work till five or whatever. And he had a 3.30 game. The twins would coach and other than that, you know, there wasn't really. I didn't. I didn't hang out with my siblings the, until I was well into adulthood. You know, I mean, we we hung out with Jen, Ann and I, or Mom and I hung out with Jenny a bit when we were dating. Um, just because she was sort of, you know, she was like 16, 17 years old. We'd go to go to basketball game. We'd go to Pat and Pat's games and Jake's games and stuff. And Jenny played softball. We'd go to her games, but. You know, and we and Jenny would come and hang out with us a little bit, but you know that was well into adulthood, I, right? So, so after all that, after going through your childhood, I know you kind of told me a little bit about you know your how what it means to have these these calls with your siblings now. Uh, um, so, what is that? What has that been like? <laughs> being able, I mean, the circumstances on why it started are kind of you know shitty, but I, you know you know the funny thing about how it started. Is I, I don't remember a conversation. Maybe there was. Uh-huh. I, my mom's death is really, it's not a blur, but I still haven't cried over it. Mm. Dad called five in the morning, six in the morning, Sunday morning, and I was pissed. I said, why? In the, and I was getting ready to curse him out. I was getting, you know, what the hell are you calling me? And then I realized, you know, he's not calling me this early unless it's important. And then right. all of that went down. And, and I just remember, you know, Anna got up and running around the house and moving a lot, not getting anything done. It took, I was dressed and ready to go before your mom, you know, because she, she had just scattered brain. She got dressed. I finally got dressed. We got over. We came over. Grandpa was just standing in the living room, staring at the TV that wasn't on. And I said, uh, where is she? 
She's in the bedroom, so I went down, just walked in the door, and I saw her there on the floor, and I, and I just stood there, and I said out loud, and I said, Mom, what the hell did you just do to me? And I went down, I knelt by her a little bit, and held her hand for a second, and I got up, went back down the hallway, and then who else, asked my dad, who else have you called? There's nobody. I called you. Okay. So I started making phone calls. Question. Was Jenny number one? Nope. I started at the top. Okay. I started at the top. I called Deanne. Deanne happened to be in California. Okay. And so she informed Richard because Richard she was, was in the hospital. Richard, Richard was with Richard. Richard was in the hospital. So um, I do you want? I asked her, do you want me to talk to Richard? Or she goes, no, I'll, I'll talk to Richard. Called Mike. Couldn't get a hold of him. Called Jeff. Called Mike back. He wouldn't answer his phone. So I called Emma. Because Emma picked up her phone, uh-huh. and then I told Mike, I said, you need to get Mike. So then Mike said something to the effect of, it's a really shitty joke. And that's, I'm like, seriously, dude? Come on. That's real real fast to interrupt. Okay. Becca called me. It had to have been earlier than 5 or 6, because I left Logan at 4 a.m. No, it was, I'm, I pretty, sure, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I remember it being 6, but it could be. It could have been earlier. Because. But I, it was. it was still. It could have been earlier because it was still dark was out. Because when, when I got there, the, the 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 sheriff or the police had just arrived, and when they came to take mom, mom, the, when they came across the street from the mortuary, it was still dark. So it could have been earlier. I, I, I just could have been because Becca called me crying. Because I well, then I and I just went down the list. So I called <laughs> I called Pat and I just called Pat. I called Jay, Jenny. I called Jay. Yeah, but when Becca called me. Becca's crying, so I shoot up and I said, okay, what's happened? What's going on? Why are you crying? Like, what's going on? And she goes, well, Grandma passed away and Mom's freaking out. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, we just lost Grandpa Lovedell. Grandma Lovedell's right behind. So I'm like, I understand that Mom's all shook up, but like... You, you, all, you thought it was Vera. Yeah, I'm like, we all, <laughs> we, all, we, all, we all knew that Grandma Lovedell's health wasn't great and that she was going to... And Grandpa just passed away, so we knew it was going to happen soon, so... I'll come home, but, you know, kind of calm. She's like, no, it's not Grandma Lovedell. It's Grandma Coons. And I'm like, okay, that's not funny. Yeah. Like, this is not a joke to be telling you from yeah. 4 a.m. She goes, this is not a joke, dude. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Well, you know, and that's the thing. It's not the same reaction. So I, I went, I was, so I was calling people. Called the bishop. I called, I called, um, I got a hold of Uncle Jimmy. I think I got a hold of Jim or Robert, one of the two, and I asked him to call his siblings. Uh-huh. And then I called Myrna and Barbara, and I and then I and then people started to show up. The bishop came, Bishop Russell, you know. And then I'm thinking, oh shoot, where's Mom's phone? So now I'm starting to call her friends. Mm. And then I'm, oh shoot, I need to call them. And so Sunday was very businesslike for me. So I never sat down. I never sat down and just mourned. Mourned. Monday morning, I had to go to work. I had a, a, a lady who was flying in from out of town, but we were supposed to be in the mortuary. So I had to do this thing, and I had to be out. So I was, I, you know, it was an audit, so I had to get it done because nobody else could do it. And I was, you know, and we sort of changed it up, but then I left, and and uh, people started flying in, and Jeff come up. So on that Monday, Jeff came up, and we went through and did that. Got the you know got the burial stuff you know ca- casket all that stuff and 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 I just and it was Thursday, you know Jennifer had come into town I think it was Jennifer that asked me Jennifer had come into town and people were starting to fly in and I was sitting in the chair 
in the living room here, and it was the first time I really had a chance to just kind of do nothing because it just been very busy, busy, busy business. Boom, 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 right, boom. And uh, Jennifer walked up and she's she's walking to the kitchen. She said, "Are you okay?" And I just stopped there for a second, and it was the first time I'd thought in four days, "Am I okay?" And I looked at her and I said, I don't know. And then she went on about her business. And and so I have not, I get sad, but I've not sat down and cried about it still, to this day. And so I don't know if that means that I'm a cold-hearted bastard or if I'm going to actually just open up my gun cabinet and kill a bunch of people. I don't know. <laughs> um, so anyway, but I don't remember, so, I, so when at the funeral... And everybody was out here. I don't remember a conversation being had about the Zoom call or about these calls. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, the pandemic, had, you know, was just sort of being in the news. It kind of starting. You know, I'd never heard of Zoom before. You know, but Skype was really the big one out there. Uh, Microsoft Teams, you know, things like that. But, you know, and uh, so I got this text message that, hey, we're going to meet on this day. On Sunday for whatever, and I and my my first reaction was, to be honest, and to my siblings, I apologize for feeling this way. My first reaction was, what are they going to bitch at me about now? <laughs> That's what I thought. Fair enough. Because I didn't know, I, I don't, and I don't know if a conversation was had. Again, I don't know if a conversation was had about, hey, let's get together weekly and have this and, and just to catch up. So I I told your mom, I'm like, well. Well, this this is going to determine whether or not I continue to have a relationship with my family or not. You know, because I just expected the worst. I ex- I expected to just be called to the carpet again about something, this, that, and the other, whatever. So when they said when we got on, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm I've been thinking all day. I'm I'm prepped for a fight. Let's do this. Uh-huh. Let's have you know. I've got you all in the same. I'm going to have you all quote unquote in the same room. And then it turned out to be what it is, and they've turned out. I, I it's been again. I, I think Deanne said it the best. That sometimes, sometimes you're just you know you can hear crickets in the background. It's sometimes you're just like uh, you know, right? But it, it is nice to catch up. It is nice to be more involved in people you know in everybody's lives, and and it's tough because you know I joke with people. We are literally have people from coast to coast, border to border. Yeah, you know, from Richard in Cali to. To, or, to, to, or Carolina. To, you know, to, to Carolina, coast to coast. And then we've got Minnesota, which <laughs> may as well be Canada. Louisiana. And Louisiana, which is a, its own foreign country anyway. <laughs> you know, and it's on the Gulf of Mexico. So, you know, we we are, and, and everywhere in between. Yeah. So, it's not easy to get together, you know. And so, it, and, and it generally, you know, there's always family reunions. There's always somebody missing for whatever reason. You know, there's right. life happens, right? You know, so there's all, almost always somebody missing. So it's just you know, so it's nice to be able to, to, um, just to catch up, you know, regularly. You know, mm-hmm. so, but it's been it's been it's been really cool. <laughs> Jeff mentioned that there was a letter that they that you guys found that Grandma wrote, um, just like a, about how she wished. I don't know if it was a letter or if, or if it was a journal. Or something like that, where she she wished that the kids were closer and that the kids would do more together, stuff like that. And I don't know if she ever shared that with anybody, but she had written it down and 
you know, Jeff found it and they read it and things like that. Hmm. Um, I don't, he mentioned, maybe, maybe that's, he see, mentioned that to me. I, yeah. That might've been what spurred the idea. I, you know, I mean, that might've, I just, again, I, I, I think I remember somebody mentioning something about that. My mom never, my mom, my mom and I never, she never really expressed that specific sentiment to me. Um, but you know, we weren't, we weren't as close as we used to be either. I mean, we, Proximity, we were very close, obviously. Right. And there was a time where um, I would have, I was probably the closest to my mom of all of the kids, even including Jennifer, because you know I felt like my mom and I, I felt like I felt like we were confidants, just especially before I was married. Um, you know, I was around in California a lot when she, you know, she lost her license. You know, I, I, you know, I, I got to be very, very, very close with my mom. Um, in a, in a, you know, in a, in a more, in a more of a friendship where I got to know her better or differently. And we just didn't have that relationship later. Um, but you know, kids and whatnot. And there, I mean, and part of that, there's, there were some things about living here that, and, and, you know, I, I mom liked to fix and I was, you know, she, I, we were, you know, mom, your mom and I were pretty adamant about raising our children the way we wanted them raised and so on and so forth. So there were some hard feelings there, but, but she never expressed a, that sentiment, although I know she felt it because I, I, I didn't make any secret about it sometimes with, you know, if I was pissed off at a sibling this or that, and, you know, I mean, there were times that, there were times that, you know, I was, I was, you know, that I, that I would have, you know, there were probably times that I would have put Mike in the ground if I could have, especially before my mission. You know, there, he, he just, he didn't treat people well. He wasn't, I would have, you know, and if I had a chance to put him in the ground, I would have. And, and I, and I held, and I held, and I probably held that. And that probably flavored some of my relationships later in life. But, you know, my mom was always, she was always, uh, you know, she was always just a great example of unconditional love. And, and that kept me from just going scorched earth in my, at least in my brain and just not severing relationships with with people because she she always felt like she always felt that there was you know she was kind of like um you know luke skywalker there's good in him i know <laughs> you know and, let, let, and, and whether it was mike or anybody else right she always felt like their people had a chance to come back and and, and become better even if i was just ready to sign all the what was your relationship with Grandma and Grandpa for most of your life? When I was a kid, Grandpa and I have to have a shared birthday. Yep. There, I was due early to mid-August, and for whatever reason, they, they didn't induce back then. But for whatever reason, I wasn't born. And my mom went into labor, you know, early September. My dad sort of made a joke, as the story goes. My dad made a joke that if if she could hold out until the sixth, until the eighth, he'd buy him a, a Texas fifth of whiskey. <laughs> and my mom, to her dying day, didn't think that that story was funny. <laughs> but uh, and so I was born on his birthday. I was born on his 29th birthday. So there's always been that, and I always felt some sort of connection to my dad about that. But I don't, you know, I was of the, of the older boys. I was, again, I was the baseball player. I was the basketball player. I was... He was the football and track and field guy. Dad, My dad was... Fo- Wrestling. Track and field... He'll, and my dad will admit that. Track and field got him out of school. 
Right. He built sets for the for the drama department to get him out of class. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he lived eight. My dad will watch old reruns of football over anything uh-huh. if there's nothing else on. Yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't DVR the XFL just to get a football fan. <laughs> but um, but I don't. You know, my dad was at my dad. My you know my dad was at my games. He never. He wasn't the raw raw guy. He, he, he would, the way that our baseball fields was set up, he could park in the outfield. Um, so I always saw his car. He, I saw him pull in, and when the game was over, he'd pull out and go home, and I'd meet him there. Uh, and he, but I, I, but I wasn't like I don't have I don't have recollections of being a buddy, right? Which um, I, which I find, which it's again, a common, it's again, a common theme I find. Well, but again, also they're part of it. There's two reasons I think. One is is the line of work we use in one and two. He 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 has. I remember having a conversation with him as an adult where he he says, "I don't why I, he didn't." He made a comment about how he didn't have he, he didn't understand why it was so hard for for people to talk to him. He goes, "I could talk to my dad about anything." I said, "Yeah, you were one of three and the only boy." <laughs> yeah, a little bit different situation. You know, he had eight of us and six boys to referee, and um, so I, I don't you know I don't remember having a bad relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really, but I, but I wasn't like, he wasn't the fun dad. Mm-hmm. You know, my friends were deathly afraid of him because he just had this RBF. The, he had that resting yeah. bitch face. He had the coons. Te- he's got that. Lip. He's got, and I, you know, and I, I, I get accused of it. Becca does too. We yep. all do a little bit. <laughs> yep. And so, um, but I don't remember really, I, it wasn't like I was afraid of him, you know, or anything like that with my mom. Again, you know, it was funny. My mom had her routines. When we lived in the big house in Salt Lake, she could hear the door. She out, we weren't allowed to go in their, in their room unless we were invited in. That was kind of their fortress of solitude. Right. This big bedroom with TV and all that stuff. And, but we were expected every day when we walked in because we had this big, heavy oak door. Right. And my mom could hear it, hear and or feel it open and close. So the door closed. It was the time of school. If the door closed, she'd give you, you know, a couple of minutes to come upstairs. Because high school got out at 2.30, say, uh-huh. you got home about 3. Junior high got out at 3, you got home about 3.30. Elementary, get out at 3.30, you get home around 4. Mm-hmm. So she'd always have a wave of kids coming in to come in to give her a report. How's your day? How's it going? Just, you know, give you your plan. Just chit-chat with a little bit while she was doing her thing. And... So that was, you know, that and if you didn't come up, she'd come looking for you. And there's a little bit of trouble, you know. Most of the time, if I didn't come up, it was because I was getting pummeled by a sibling, you know, teased <laughs> or tied up or tickled or whatever. Richard would always come up with this new thing. Hey, I learned this wrestling. I learned this wrestling move today. Let me try this, and you know, I'd I'd be pretzeled up and oh yeah, it works. I think, Richard. You know? And uh, you know, my mom would come down and find me in the living room all. Torn all tied I'll up. Twist it up. <laughs> Would you leave him alone? Um, and then it was when my when my dad started when my dad went to California to go to work. Um, Dan was gone. Richard was on his mission. Mike was. I think at that point, Mike was probably back east with with his girlfriend Noel. Is the Mississippi girl? Yeah, um, and then Jeff was. You know they were working. You know they had full time. If he didn't, they were they were working full time and. You know, and had socialized and things like that. And I was, my dad, I was eighth, eighth grade, ninth grade, going into tenth grade. 
so I did, I mean, I, I had school practice. Oh, that was what I did. I, you know, I hang out with my friends and stuff. But, but you know, mom, mom had to deal with attorneys and process servers and, you know, bill collectors and all the bullshit that went on with that. And so I, that's where I started to become really close to my mom. Is it, it just kind of, you know, I was old enough to have quasi adult conversations and I wasn't, you know, neat, you know, feed me, feed me, feed me. And I wasn't, I wasn't a baby. So, you know, I could, you know, and so I could, I could be a companion. She wanted, she had to go to the grocery store. Hey, let's, you want, you want me to go? Yeah. So I could go to the grocery store, things like that. Just so she wasn't by herself all the time. And then when we moved to California, you know, my dad was around at night, but he worked seven days a week and, um, you know, and I could drive at that point. I was driving. So, you know, I could take her to the store. And my mom did great in California. It was this kind of a side note. I don't know how many, how many know that. She, was, she, she got around California great when, we, when I first moved there. And then we were having dinner. We were having a conversation at dinner one time. And my dad says, well, yeah, we go to the beach. We're, we used to go to the beach for family home evening with a bunch of people in the state. So, well, yeah, so you head on uh, Valley View and you go south. And I was like, what do you mean you go south? The beach is east or the beach is west. There's a beach west, but we go to the beach that's south. No, the beach is west. Yes, Sherry. There is a beach that's west. The beach that we go to is south. Valley View runs north-south. You go to the end of the... And you go south. Mom lost all sense of direction at that point. <laughs> she... Don't tell her go east. Don't tell her go west. That's left, right. Go up here, go right. Go up here, go left. Go up here, you know. Because if you say... And, and then at that point, it was like, if somebody could drive her, she was being driven. Right. So, you know, anywhere to go anywhere, I drove her. Right. So, and then when she got, you know, her, she, and then she lost her license for a bit. And, I, you know, I was driving her around and taking her doctor's appointments, taking to legal things and taking her this, that, and the other. So, I got to be really, really, really close with my mom, especially in California. I got to be really close with my mom. And it was really hard for me to go on my mission. Again, like I said before, Mike Mike was living at home. He wasn't, his health wasn't great. He had, you know, he had torn up his ankle and when he was in Mississippi. And they brought him home. Or maybe it was in Utah. Anyway, but they brought him home. His health wasn't great. It just wasn't. It didn't feel like his life was going good. I guess, and he was just mean. Didn't treat. On so you know, I was getting to be big. I, I you know I was you know eighteen nineteen years old. I you know I my first semester in college, I put on thirty pounds of muscle lifting weights, and I was one hundred ninety two hundred pounds, and you know, and I developed a bit of a mean streak that I didn't have when I was an eight year old wanting to play football. Right. So I didn't get bugged that much, but. You know, and then, and, but, but Mike, and, you know, and, and did not treat Jenny well, didn't treat, well, I don't really have a recollection. You know, I, I just think he was mad. At the end of the day, he was just angry. Right. So, but I, but when he got, when he started out on my mom, I could always step in and say something. Mm-hmm. I, I would always kind of step in and say, you know, don't be a dick, or don't be this, or don't be that. And then he could turn his anger on me and spare my mom. Right, and you know, at some point we get into this verbal argument, but he's not going to he's not going to come after me because again, I weigh him by twenty five pounds, and he's got a bad leg. So you know, and that's the first place I'm going is for that leg. Right. So, and I was really concerned when I went on my mission that 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 because my dad wasn't around all that much, I and mean, he was home at night. But you know, there was not he wasn't going to take the day off of work and right. stay home and correct behavior. That just wasn't going to happen at that point. So I, I struggled with that. And then he got married to his first wife, and that you know that took a lot, a big load off of my 
concerned when I was on a mission. But, you know, then I came home and I was close. We were, again, we were close. And then I think the re- where we stopped being super, super close was um, there was, I, I, and I won't get into the specifics, but I, that we, we sort of had an argument. And she, again, my mom, again, I said it before, my mom's a fixer. Yep. And I wanted her to stop being a fixer and I wanted her to hold, let the person who I was angry at be held accountable for that person's behavior and mom wanted to fix it. And I sort of snapped at my mom and I think at that point she stopped confiding in me so much. And I apologized later. I said, look, mom, I shouldn't talk to you like that. And she was, you know, apologetic and we didn't have a bad relationship. Right. But it wasn't, it wasn't like it was before, you know. I think part of it too is, is that, you know, we, we started having kids. So I'd had, I think you were probably one or two at the time that I had that argument. And so, you know, I mean, we just, you know, we just didn't. Um, but I think when we moved here, I mean, she was just so happy to have Family. people around. She loved Evanston. She did. She's always said this was her favorite place to live, but it's different when, you know, but we were in the same ward and then we lived here. And then, uh, and then even when we, when we moved to the apartment, we were here, you know, a couple nights a week, almost always on Sundays for dinner, and just chatting all the time. And hey, fix, can you come fix my computer? Yeah, I'll come fix your computer, mom. Things like that. But um, so I, you know, my relationship with my parents wasn't bad, but and it, it was, and with my mom it was really, really good. I was really, really close. And and you know, Patrick used to joke about being the favorite. It was one time we were at Jacob's baseball game. A bunch of us were there. He was he was home from college, and he made a comment about being the favorite. And I just looked at him and chuckled. I said, "Pat, you know, you can say what you want, but I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable with my status in the family." <laughs> you know, nice. you knew what I was saying, but, <laughs> but it was it was good. I didn't I didn't have you know there was a couple of times where I remember my dad really whooping me a couple of times and I deserved him. You know, I made a I made a I made a motion like I was going to hit my mom once. Never in a million years would I have done it, but I was, you know, 13, 14 years old, feeling like I was Top all that, all that in a bag of chips, and my dad corrected me pretty quickly that I wasn't <laughs> all that in a bag of chips. I might have been a chip, but uh, but no, I it was it was it was it was pretty good, I think, for the most part. How much of the relationship that you had with your parents, and also the relationship with you that you had with your siblings, um. How did that impact the way that you raised me, Becca, and Nick? I think the two things that I learned in my life that I got from my parents, one from my mom was the unconditional love, was family is, family is everything. My mom, you know, again, if you told me I was 19 years old, I was getting ready to go on my mission, that, you know, I would have, again, I would have put Mike, I would have put Mike, in a box and throw away the key. Seriously. But mom was always, no, there's good there. You know, he's got to work through it. He's, you know, there. And it wasn't just about him. It was, that's how she was with everybody. Right. Unconditional love I learned after my mom. And my dad, the biggest thing I got from my dad, I think, was, um, was to allow people to make their decisions, their choices. Again, and I, I, I'm sure that I have siblings that will completely disagree with me on this, but I, I just know that with me, you know, my parents paid paid a crap load of money that they didn't have. I there was this hitting school, there was this hitting school, um, 
baseball? Yeah. Uh, that was Rod Cruz hitting school. And it was not cheap. Super expensive. And um, they paid money, a lot of money they didn't have, to send me to this school. Because I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to play college baseball. I wanted, you know, I wanted the edge. Right. You know, I wanted to. And I went to this school. And then three practices into, into the, my senior year, I just had this feeling like I needed to be doing or be in someplace else. I'm not here. And I didn't act on it. And I just kept going back because my parents paid all this money. And I just, I owed it to them to finish, not to not quit. Mm -hmm. And after about 10 days of practice, I walked in and I told the, I told, I said, look, I got to talk to you guys about something. You you know, and and I said, look, you know, I said, I need to be doing something else. My dad at that point wasn't going to church a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad's never been what I would call, I think my dad's always had a testimony of the gospel, but my dad's never been one of those. Follow your spirit, you know, follow, you know, listen to the spirit type of guy. But he looked at me and, and I said, look, I, I feel like I need to do something else. I don't know what that something else is. And he looked at me and he goes, I didn't, you know, and I, and, and I felt, I told him, I said, I felt bad because you've paid all of this money. I mean, back then it was still, it was three, 400 bucks. And that's a lot, that was a lot of money. And he said, I didn't pay that for you to play baseball. I paid that because that's what you want to do. You do what you need to do, and 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 he always and he's he he supported me in that, which I and I said, look, if you want me to continue to play, I'll play. I'll suck it up. I'll be happy. I'll work hard. I'll do all that. He's not, you know. And, and so I learned to guide you, direct you, teach you, and let you fumble about a bit. Not, I didn't want you to fall to jump off the deep end. Didn't want you to fall off a cliff. But I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna micromanage either. And, um, but you know, I also wanted to be more uh, open than my dad was. And it's again not to fault him, but he's not the most communicative. Community. He doesn't communicate well. Right. And I wanted to be more open with my kids than he was with me. Right. Um. So I, I learned, and, and, and again, with my mom being a fixer, she just, it, it always bothered me. It always ticked me off that she just wouldn't let people fail. Yeah. When sometimes that's exactly what they need to do. And so I, I took both good and bad from their personalities and their parenting styles. Um, how was your relationship with your siblings? How did that, how did that shape how you wanted me, Becca, and Nick to have a relationship? You know, it's funny because when you guys were kids and you'd fight and you'd do stuff and, and your mom would just get, your mom would get really, really panicky that um, things were, that you're just going to hate each other. And I'm like, no, that's what siblings do. Mm-hmm. You know, siblings fight, siblings goad, and siblings cajole, and siblings prod, and poke buttons. It's what they do. Just, they'll work it out. Again, we never, we never wanted to get out of hand. Right. But, you know, we, we, we. I, I think for the most part, I, I don't really think that our, I don't think that our lives were necessarily extraordinary one way or the other. Extraordinarily good or extraordinarily bad. I think it was, in a lot of ways, fairly normal. I looked at some of my friends. We had a lot of, I had, there were a lot of families in the area, friends that we had, that came from big families. And some of them were 
really, really good families. And others were completely far away, more screwed up than we ever were. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, but, you know, my dad had made a comment in church once. When you, when you raise, when my dad raises his hand in a, in a Sunday school or priest lesson, you've lost the argument already. Right. And the guy was talking about how raising the right type of family or something to that effect. And my dad raised his hand and says, what does that mean? The right kind of family. Well, I think we can all agree on what that is. And I just thought to myself, dude, just shut up, shut up, shut up, you know? And the guy said, and the guy, and my dad's like, no, I, I really want to know what your feelings are on the matter because I have eight children and they've all made choices in life. Some I agree with, some I don't. But they're all productive members of society. Not one of them's a prostitute or a drug dealer. I think I've done a pretty good job. How are you going to argue with that? Right. You know, especially in church where you're like, oh yeah, your kids have free agency, da 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 da. And I'm just like, I was like, I was like, brother Guthrie, shut up, shut up, don't answer. And he could, there's no answer to it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, I don't think that we were extraordinary in that respect. Um, I think that, I think our upbringing was pretty normal. So mom really would, it was a long time before mom, and, and, but mom was raised in a household where they didn't trust people. You know, her mom and dad always taught her, people are out to screw you over, people are out to rob you, people are out to steal from you, guys are only after one thing. So she thought that everybody that was she didn't know was a pedophile. Mike, my, my mom? or Yes, your mom. your mom. Okay, yes. Anna. Yes. Anna thought that everybody that she didn't know was a pedophile and was going to take you and run away yep. and do bad things. Yeah. If she couldn't see you, you couldn't play. So it wouldn't live the condo. If she wasn't out on the balcony, you guys couldn't play at the playground. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just, you know, with me, it was like, you can play on the playground? Okay, don't leave the playground. Okay. Then I could come out every so often and look and see if you're still there. But, yeah, it, it was a lot, you know, when we moved, finally, we moved over to the house, you know. San Lorenzo. Yeah. Nick would get to go to school. I mean, it was down the street. Right. You could see the playground. You know, it was a long it, it was a long time before you know Nick was able to actually walk down to school by himself. Right, right down the street. You know, so um, we so we I wanted to make sure that you guys were 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 I wanted to, at the end of the day because look I always felt like I, I have always felt like that when the shit hits the fan my my brother my brother's sister would would step up and help. Mm-hmm. I've always felt that. Especially as an adult, but I always felt like that, you know, because at the end of the day, it's uh, it would be the family against the world. I always felt that way. Um, but, and I wanted you guys to have that same mentality. I wanted you guys to understand that family, regardless of what friends and whatever else is out there, family is, you know, that the five of us and whatever, you know, appendages there would be, that's, that's what's going to matter. When it all hits the fan, that's what's going to matter. You know, when the world ends and the zombie apocalypse happens, the first phone call is going to be to those, to that group. Right. And so that was really, you know, you know, because I, I saw that with my dad was always close to his parents, was always, you know, always close to his siblings. My, my mom was always, my mom was always close. She always felt a very uh, much, she always felt very, um, very much of a duty to her siblings. She loved, she had. She worshipped her father. Um, 
she loved her mother, and I think that she always felt like she owed her mom a debt of gratitude for not killing her, because my mom was probably not the most, you know, she the way she tells it, she was just kind of a headstrong, difficult child. So I think you know, and 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 grandma lived close, so she, you know, and so I I just always felt like that there were good examples of of what family was supposed to be. I find it funny that grandma says that she was that way because grandma had Deanne and Deanne says that she was that way. And grandma told Deanne, I hope you have one just like you. And Deanne got Whitney. Yeah. And I wonder yeah. if Deanne has told Whitney, I hope you get one just no, like she's, you. Deanne's told me she hasn't. <laughs> I'm not doing that to her. <laughs> I just, I find that funny. Um, well, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Again, it's, it is interesting. You know, I, I've heard, you know, throughout, the, just throughout the years and interactions, you know, I, I've seen really your side. You know, as I've gotten older, I've gotten older. I have, I have relationships with my family. You know, it's very different. I, I, I could talk about, I could talk to each of them a little bit differently. I mean, Richard and I have gotten to be pretty close in a way that, um, you know, he and I have very similar interests. Yeah. You know, part of that was with Summit. You know, we got to know each other really well through Summit and, you know, and we, we were out there a couple weeks ago, you know, it's just, it's, you know, we can pick up where we left off and it's, you know, we're both kind of nerds in that respect. Um, he's a little bit nerdier than I am, but I think he would agree to that. But, you know, and then Deanne, um, you know, Deanne and I are pretty funny because, you know, politically we're, we're very opposite ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. but, you know, but we love each other and that's what really matters. And there's been times after our, converse, our, our call that I'll make a comment. And a lot of times I really try to stay out of that realm. And she'll come and are we good? Yes, yes, we're good, you know. <laughs> Patrick, you know, ever since that issue with, you know, with Pat, well, even a little bit before that, when we did um, the photos for, or when Anna, when your mom and Janet did the photos for Jake's wedding, you know, Pat and I started to develop a, a, a better relationship, you know. So we're, you know, we're, we're you know, closer then, on some level, we're closer than we probably have ever been, you know. And Jake, I've always felt like Jake and Jenny, I, and I've had good relationships throughout my life with Jake and Jenny. So it's, you know, and then the twins again. I, 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 there, you know, there were times that I wouldn't have just, I wouldn't, I, you know, but, but I could call Jeff. You know, it was after it was funny because after Jeff, after my dad, after my mom died, a couple months later, my dad had a stroke. Yeah, and then of course I make the call, and then we're sitting at the airport or we're sitting at the hospital. And Jeff just leaned over and goes, dude, can you call me and let's talk about the jazz or something? Because every time you call me, it's bad news, you know? <laughs> and so, and so, you know, and then, you know, but, you know, it, it, even then, it, it's, it, there's just, it's, there's, I guess maybe softening that might be the right word, but it's just gotten, it's gotten better because I don't really harbor any ill will. Mm-hmm. The, I can't say that I hadn't in the past because I, I, I definitely think I have in the past where I have harbored. Where you know you always know, say I don't want to wish anybody else. Yeah, I probably would have wished, wished some some ill some ill at the past. Right. past. And I and I don't anymore. I just it's not it's not it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. It's you know life's it's too it's just it's not worth it. It's 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 too it's an exhausting way to live. Yeah, to be mad and to hold grudges. It's just that's one of the things Jeff said is. You know, before you, you always see about other families going through tragedies and everything like that. Oh, and you feel sad for them, you feel bad for them, but you're like, well, that's not my family, so it doesn't impact me in any way. 
but like having grandma pass away, that you're never guaranteed. You know, he's, so he said he's like, you're never guaranteed tomorrow. And I never really realized that until it happened to our own family. And it's kind of the same thing. He's just like, it's life is too short. Again, you're not promised tomorrow. So why would you spend that with holding yeah. some sort of yeah. anger or frustration with somebody that it could be resolved and just been like, let's just move forward and move on with it and not spend time on it. And like, you know, especially if you're within your own family, why would you let that linger? Why would you let that sit Yeah, longer when, you know, at any moment, anything can be taken away from you and then you never resolve that situation. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. So, you know, cause you know, because look, I, I, you know, I mean, we all have different, you know, I mean, there's not, I don't agree with everything my siblings have done. And I'm sure that they look at me and they don't agree with everything, you know, with, with a lot of stuff that I've done. And that's cool. Fine. I, you know, I, I didn't ask their permission. They didn't ask mine. But, you know, again, but I, again, I, I've always, but I still, like I said earlier, I just, I don't have any doubt that if, if it hits the fan, if I were to call Jeff, dude, he'll come up. Yeah. You know, call Jenny, whatever. That, that I, no doubt. Right. And, you know, and we do enjoy each other's company when we get together. And we do, you know, it's not awkward and weird. You know, before it was, you know, a lot, there was times where it was kind of like, you know, it might have been forced on some level. But I don't feel that way anymore. I don't feel like that relate those relationships are forced or, you know, like, you know, to Nick, you know, Nick, well, you, you have to, I'm your brother, so you have to love me. It's like, oh, no, I, I mean, there might have been a time that that was like, okay, I'll be civil for mom's sake or for this sake or not to cause a problem. But those relationships aren't forced anymore. And, yeah. And, and I think some of that probably had to do with, might have started before my mom died, but it really took, it really took hold after my mom died. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I appreciate it. No worries. I'll keep you longer. I know the, you guys got your family call here. In the next 30, 45 minutes or so. Oh, no so I'll kind of give you a break from talking. <laughs> so I appreciate it. And, um, My pleasure. I just, you know, I, I, to end, I just take a lot from what you and mom and the relationship that you've had with your other siblings and with your own parents. And like I look back on it and it's not that I look back and I'd be like, I don't want anything like that. But like there are things that I take, pros and cons from those relationships that I apply the relationship that I want to have with you and mom. You mean we're not perfect? I know. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about it. <laughs> you but know, I, 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 I have said this before and I, I you know, I, I am, I might be a crappy person in a lot of ways, but there are two things I got right. I'm a good husband. I'm a good father. Yeah. And I wasn't perfect in either way, but you know, but I felt like those are two areas of my life I got right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I haven't made, I'm not as financially successful as I would have liked or thought. You know, I've made some bad decisions in that realm sometimes. But, I, you know, I felt like, you know, and, 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 and I don't become who I am without not only my wife, but my kids, but, you know, my but my parents. But, you know, the influence of the siblings. I mean, and I, and I can't put a finger on anything specific that they've done, but they've, because they've been such an integral part of my life, they've obviously had some effect. Right. So, you know, so. Awesome. Whatever that's worth. <laughs> All righty, man. Well, I'll let you go. Good. Thank you for doing this. No problem. I appreciate it. And I've got like a th- there's like a thousand more things that I'll, well I have I, questions. I, I, t- I talk a lot, so, so it's sorry. okay. No you, worries. You, you can cut me we've off. got we've got more. I've got no. I've got more and more. 
I have to like stockpile up sometimes because if I'm like if I oh. run out of I run out of people, there are some people like there are just certain people that I know that I can go talk to you for hours, and you're at the top of the list. So. <laughs> yeah. Diary I'll, of the mouth. I'll never I'll never run out, I'll, I'll never run out of hours talking to you. No, that's so. for sure. Okay, thanks, man. All right, no worries. Love you too.